0: Welcome to Thought Hack. So, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thought Hack. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Catalyst Case, uh, for always being super supportive uh, this week. My guest is C.J. Finley. I'm saying that correct, right? Yes, you have it correct. C.J. Finley. Um, Thanks so much for doing the show, man. Just uh, thanks for,
1: well, virtually coming on. No, I appreciate you, Reg. It's an honor to be here. And as a fellow podcaster myself, uh, I know the work that goes in behind the scenes to set this up. And you already have me inspired with with your background. Um, We're still building my studio out now. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's it's nuts in here. Um, the stuff you don't see is like the crazy part. Exactly. Um, so before we get into it, uh, one of the things that stuck out the most to me was and I wanted to ask you about right away was positivity activist. What what is that? Like, I think I don't know if you've coined this phrase or it's been around for a while, but it's the first time I've heard it.
1: Uh, it's the first time anyone's asked me that question. So kudos to you. Um, It's really just a phrase that I came up with because everybody's always fighting for something in their life. And I find that in the world that we live in today, especially with social media, there is so much, not controversy, but um, just everybody is looking to get involved in some type of way and is voicing their opinion or voicing what they believe in. And something that I think that I try to do the most compared to a lot of other people is find happy mediums for everybody and find commonalities. I'm a big fan of community. And one thing I think we can all agree on is positive impact and positive energy. And if we all strive to be more positive and better people, at the end of the day, the world's gonna become a better place despite our opinions and things that that we all believe in, if we all look from a more positive lens, more optimistic lens, um, nine out of 10 times the situation is going to become better for whoever you're around. And that's where I just want to spread more positive impact every single day. And the way that I go about doing that is just focusing on myself and how can I be better and become a better human being. And I think that's really where the positivity activism comes from is it's very easy to get negative inside your head. And when we're negative in our head, we then show that to the world. So it's really just a reminder to myself to be kinder to myself, better to myself, improve myself, and then I can spread that to other people. Dude, it's
0: such a cool gospel to kind of lean into, you know what I mean? To to try to spread, because if you think about it right away, I guess if you're a cynic, it's almost like cliche. Like, what does that even mean? Positivity, right? But like when you really sit and think about it and you're, you're operating from a point of just empathy and sort of just hoping and believing in the best in people and sort of trying to, uh, be that change in the world I feel like there are a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies and if you're really mm-hmm. leaning into it from a positive
1: standpoint really really cool things can happen and you hit the nail on the head with this is more about viewing other people in a positive light as well no matter what like we're human we all mess up we all have our own problems we've all done things that we are ashamed of and the word that really stuck out to me that you just said was empathy and being positive doesn't mean like there's this saying where people talk about t- positivity is toxic like toxic positivity you can't always be positive like there is there is a point to to suffering and pain and it teaches us a lot you but the difference that I kind of shed the light on is, I don't just mean like when things are tough or when se- when things are are painful or you are suffering or you have certain problems in your life that you have no control over, I don't mean to just be like, yeah, everything is great. That's not what I mean by positivity. What I mean by positivity is being able to reflect on that moment and say, I have two choices. I can either continue to do negative habits and make the negative choice And ultimately, I know that outcome. We know the result of the negative choice. I already know where that's going. I do not know what will happen if I say, you know what? This sucks. I'm in pain. This is hard. I don't know when the end of this will be, but I'm going to choose. I'm going to make the active, intentional choice to say, I'm going to take the good of this and try to learn from this and see where it leads me. And every single time, when i choose that path it leads to me leads me to more wisdom better people like yourself better environments appreciate just because i chose to make a choice and say you know what i'm going to this this is painful this is suffering this is like this isn't good i'm in the mud right now but what is this teaching me and that's what i mean by positive what can something teach you and what can you learn from and being an activist for people to learn from their misfortunes rather than again we already know with a negative habit and the, the habitual negativity is going to get you it's going to get you the same old thing yeah
0: i think the mistake a lot of people make and it's a it's a lesson i had to learn myself is positive doesn't always equal pleasant mm. just because it feel good doesn't necessarily mean it's positive it just because it sucks or it doesn't feel great doesn't mean it's negative right so one great example is uh discipline or working out having the discipline to get up every day and go for a run especially when you're starting out from zero and like you know that's the the hardest step getting up going out to run it sucks bro it just really pushing yourself i'm just now getting back into shape after covid like i was just staying in the house just eating like my doordash budget was ridiculous last year and just sort of getting back into locking in and being disciplined and all that it felt horrible it sucked waking up early it was cold out but on
1: the other side of that decision i felt amazing with the wet the saying i have with pain comes purpose yeah. and the third p to that is when you have purpose you're generally a more positive person so you have to you have to suffer you have to go through that pain of working out to find your purpose, to find the purpose of working out. We we realize the purpose of working out after we had to start. So we all think the purpose, the intention is to get fitter or to get abs or to look a certain way. But as soon as you get in that gym and you start feeling more confident about yourself, you start meeting people, you start getting more success in your career, you then start seeing that purpose. Wow, this one thing that really kind of sucks actually has given me a higher purpose in my life. And ultimately, i become a more positive person, no matter who I'm interacting with, because I chose something that was a little bit more painful. And I mean, I love that you picked working out because that's something that's huge in my life. And it's a reason that I I choose to work out every day is because it gives me a purpose and helps me give other people, helps me help them find their purpose. And then I just have never had a negative experience with that. It's always... It's always positive. It's always, no matter how bad it was, like the warehouse so bad, we're sweating, it's it's terrible. But we're all just like, yo, you want to go get food after this? And then like talk about ideas we have, how to change the world, how to change ourselves, like things like that. So I just Your try try to gravitate cold. towards that. Yeah, everything's just like, it feels like
0: you're firing on like all pistons. Just everything feels like way more clear. And just, I, I just I work better. I'm more focused. It like all of this, and uh, and I was gonna ask you about this. I feel like that discipline and that that effort and that practice I'm doing in regards to working out, which is just one aspect of my life, is transferable. So I'm transferring that discipline and that work ethic and all of that into other aspects of of my life and things I'm doing. So, like, is that how it works for you? Because I see you're an athlete. I'm looking at, like, some of the stuff you've done. You're skateboarding, like, you know, all types of stuff. Um, How does that play
1: into, I guess, your your spreading the positivity and your entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, I think I became an entrepreneur because of athletics, really, at the end of the day. Um, I was always highly energetic and highly motivated. Uh, person. I, as a kid, I had a leash, I, like literally, because I would just like run everywhere. So my mom had to keep control of me. Um, once my little brother was born and she only had two hands for two kids, it kind of got tough. Um, so they put me in sports, like four sport athletes since I was age three. And that really taught me discipline. I I could, I'm a visual learner. I could see that if I put more time in practicing, I would score more goals in the game. It was like, an easy metric. to You could feel the metric. It wasn't just like school where they tell you, oh yeah, this is like A plus B equals C. It was like, I could feel if I add more time into my practice, I'm going to get better, better results. And that really is what stemmed the discipline of like, okay, let me decide what result do I, what do I really want in this world? Take everyone's, block out the noise. What results do I want? How do I do ten thousand hours to master that and do the things that other people are not willing to do, and then I get the result, and that's where the transfer comes from because I can pick up things so quickly because I know that it's just a time game. At the end of the day, it's if I put my time and effort into this, eventually I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get better than you. And there's there's a podcast I listen to Ben Ben Lionel Scott, which is like motivational speeches, and one of the speeches on there talks about. There's a lot of people that are going to beat me in a day. There's a lot of people that will beat me in a month. There's a lot of people that will beat me in a year, but there's nobody that's going to beat me in 10 years. And that's kind of how I've gone about my life solely I think reflecting on sports and realizing I just kept getting better and better and better and better. I didn't go out every, I didn't go out one day and say I'm going to be the best today. It was I'm just going to work on this little thing hard today. And then I just did that day over day, over day, over day. And when I got to the point to eventually get into my career, I just took that same mentality, that same attitude into that environment. And I just transferred environments, but I didn't transfer who I was. Yeah. What I didn't realize was, what I didn't know, and I soon began to realize is once I transferred my energy into entrepreneurial environment where there was a lot more people, like I, I consider like when you're in college, you're in a fish tank. Yeah. Right. You you don't, you can't really see anything. Right. And then when you get into the work world, you're in an aquarium. When you get into the entrepreneur, world entrepreneurship, you're in an ocean. Yeah. Like it, things just, you're, you're, it's scary, but it's also freeing. You're like, Oh, I can go talk to anybody. I can do anything. I can, there's no limiting factors. And the discipline really helped me there because I see a lot of entrepreneurs where when you take away the constraints, they don't know how to operate. But for me, the discipline was, okay, what is the one thing I know is tried and true is if I'm healthy and I feel good, if you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. That's kind of like a saying I say to myself. And I was just like, how do I feel great every day? And if I feel great, everyone around me is going to feel great. And then we're going to do great things. And that stemmed from sports. Like the best teams I ever had, we practice harder than anybody else. And if, if we didn't practice hard, we lost. And that I just transferred. I was, I was
0: going to ask you something else. I'm still going to get to that, but there was something you said that I wanted to lock into. And it was like this really, uh, another hard lesson I had to learn was incremental, like, you know, improvement, incremental changes. Like you want to go big. You want to basically, you want to go, you want to bet big. You want to win big and you want to go home. You know what I mean? I think, that's everyone's desire or perception of how it works. And because of the highlight reel that is social media, sometimes the entrepreneurship thing might look a little too sexy or a little too easy. But, like, the reality is, I mean, when when speaking about our community as entrepreneurs, a lot of us suffer from things like depression, um, suicide rate among entrepreneurs is, like, you know, just abnormally high how do you deal with disappointments and incremental improvements, not immediately seeing the return on investment when you make these changes? How do you look at this 10 year span of time and lock into that and focus on that and sort of, I guess, try your best to ignore any
1: obstacles in the in the immediate or right in your face? Uh, two Two things, but before I go into it, uh, for those listening on audio, you can't see right now, but Reg has a way better setup than I do right now. <laughs> I used to, so I, I'm actually backstepping and I'm actually gonna take my camera off right now. You could see yeah. I I'm I'm literally makeshifting everything I'm doing right now. And this is upsetting to me because I had one at my home, I have my setup, but today yeah. um I have friends in town and I'm running a little bit baton running a little bit behind. And it was just like, you know what? I gotta do what I gotta do to make this happen. Um and humbling myself and saying, you know what? Like if it still if looks this, awesome, by the way. Thank you. It's it's getting there. We uh we actually ordering stuff for next week. It's just been we just launched a new business, my my buddy and I, and and we kind of put the studio on the back burner. I have it set up at my house, but again, it was I cut it too close a little bit because friends are in town and I, I like to I like to build relationships and, and be friendly. Um, so I kind of bit off a little bit more than I can chew, but we're here. Um, so it's, it's really understanding where you're at in your journey. So I understand where I'm at that, um, I have a long way to go. I have a lot of, a lot to learn. I'm 30 years old. Like there's, there's nothing but up for me. Uh, so it's really being under understanding of where you're at in your journey and saying like, um, I'm, I'm even though I'm I got a lot of things under my belt. I'm okay being the garbage man one day, like, I'm okay. I don't need everything to be perfect. Every 80% and done is better than perfect and sitting there doing nothing. So, that's one thing is like humbling yourself and lowering it. And the other thing is appreciation over expectation. So, I make all my money myself. I meaning like I am lucky enough to be one of the people out there that technically doesn't have a boss um i have a lovely wife i have a home that i that I, I reside in every single night i have a bed i eat the food that i that i want to eat um nutrient dense food i have the ability and the capital to do that i'm very appreciative of where i'm at and that is due to me reflecting on my past i used to like in college i slept on couches i i did whatever it took to save some money and i commuted and i had an hour and a half commute from south jersey to new york city for one of the jobs that i had i'm in a much better position than i used to be so i'm okay with looking at myself and saying you know what i'm i'm happy with the strides that i've made but i'm not content with where i'm at i and content with where i'm at because i want to bring other people from where i was to where I'm mm-hmm. at, to where I'm going. And that's what drives me each and every day. So if I had to say it in two things, it's humbling yourself to realize you're ne- you're just as good as the guy on the street or you're just as good as that billionaire. We're all the same. We're human. So I'm not below, like sitting on a stool in my studio that's actually pretty nice just because we had to rig it up right now uh, yeah. so I wasn't too late for you. Um, I'm not below that or above that this is just how it is right now. And then that's the humbling side and then appreciation over expectation. So I just appreciate the moment that I'm in and how I got here, but I'm also not content. Um, I want to, I want to strive for, for bigger and better.
0: I feel like the, the strongest lesson in that is basically being like, you know, in the moment, like, you know, sort of working around obstacles, not being, I guess, so in your head, you, you don't, remember like everyone looks at like you know the device we have now like for example as the the iPhone but Apple made incremental changes it wasn't what we got in the beginning there were issues with the original iPhone I remember it Um, and just over time giving yourself the room to make the the changes to make the improvements and evolve over time that's that's one of like my favorite parts of being an entrepreneur to be honest with you, I'm I'm like the dog who's chasing the car who wouldn't know what to do with himself if he caught it. Like mm, once same. I get to the point where, you know, you you get to the every goal and you've hit every financial milestone, like what's what's next? What is there to build? My favorite part is the building is the getting dirty.
1: Same. And that's <laughs> that's a dangerous space to be in um yeah. when like like I I have a wife, I I love her, Aaron, and we, we want to have kids and it's a dangerous space. I've realized when you're, you also have other people that are depending on you. Um, Mm -hmm. I realized in the past that I, I do chase a lot of things because I love the build. I love, um, I love helping other people build, but there are constraints in our life. We need money. We need, there are some certain things that we need. Um, so it's funny uh, that you say that. But before we get too off topic, what is your shirt? I, I, I'm i looking at your oh, shirt right now and yeah, I, love, so I love it.
0: I'm actually going to send you some of the merch, but um, I started to develop a brand called, um, outside of Thought Hack, um, I have a couple of other businesses. I've been an uh, entrepreneur and self-employed for the past 15 years. And the brand is called Quit Your Day Job. And it's not as much about Um, I don't know if you've been reading the headlines, like, you know, just people have been leaving their jobs in droves, mostly not feeling appreciated, not feeling like they're being compensated properly for their time or their efforts. But um, the whole quit your day job thing came out of how to help people pursue things where they feel more fulfilled. If you hate your job, how do you transition out of that? How are you not miserable anymore? you know what i mean um we're we're playing around with um possibly putting together um what would be the i guess the opposite of a job fair but it would be called a quit your job fair where we would get all of these like you know businesses together and it's like how is it possible to attend an event and get your needs met a through z like you know how to incorporate um banking uh accounting like social media all of these needs and just have you introduced to people that can help you along with all this stuff, whether it be outsourcing or teaching you how to do it yourself. How do you transition out of what doesn't serve you? Um, I grew up not knowing. I'm from Jersey. I didn't know. Same. What a I, I heard earlier. Um, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was earlier. I just knew I wanted to work for myself. And it's been like this really expensive for one journey. Where if I could sort of take all of these expensive mistakes I made and allow people to not have to go through all of that, um, it'd be awesome. And just get them straight into like, what's your purpose? What makes you happy? What do you feel like you can contribute to, to the world? You know what I mean? Like it, the, the most important thing to me, I have daughters, is to be able to give them as many options as possible. You don't have to go to school to get a job to basically have kids so they could go to school and get a job. And it's like, you can feel fulfilled. You can earn a living. You can be happy. You can have a family and still be fulfilled and enjoy life and see places. And it doesn't have to be about the, the
1: next meal or the next paycheck. I love that. And when you do start that, let me know, because I want to be a part of it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, right I'm, up the I'm alley. I'll give you all the info. We're going to exchange info, bro. Where are you based now? I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, awesome. I was literally just in Texas, actually. Unfortunately, um we were shooting a pilot for um for TV and we were shooting at um the the Astroville. I mean the Astro World um festival. Oh yeah you know, Houston that stuff happened. Unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. um yeah, we we're just
1: out there. Texas is cool, a beautiful place, man. Yeah, it's uh it has my heart. I I've been here crazy to say it. Uh, I was in Houston before here. So total time in Texas, um, I think I'm coming up on six years, which is pretty crazy. Five or six years. What do you years. think about
0: this like massive rush to Texas, like this exodus from LA and New York,
1: all these people moving out to Texas? Um, I kind of have a different view than I guess like the like some people would have is like I'm, I'm a believer in, in freedom, meaning like autonomy to go where you want. And I'm also, again, going back to the positivity where um, a lot of people will be like, we don't want people moving here and changing what we have um, at, because I believe in autonomy. If it changes, I'll move to where I'll either create the change that I want to see the positive change, or I'll move somewhere else where I feel that my value uh, could be well received. So I, I love it, to be honest, um, more more so for the reason that it's bringing more entrepreneurial and creative spirit to the city. And the more people that we have in that realm that are trying to create things and help positively change the world, and I get to hang around them each and every day, I'm, ha- I'm a happy camper. So that's where that's been my life. But I'm also very self-aware that with people moving here, it also creates some havoc for local um, under- underserved underprivileged communities so i'm very aware that it needs to be a happy medium of what are we doing to make sure that the people that have been here for for decades um still have a place to reside and are still given the resources that that they need to thrive um so that's something that the city is kind of uh running into not not issues but running into some roadblocks with and i'm again just hopeful that those get figured out i'm going to do my part um to try and make sure that there's a positive outcome to that
0: awesome I, i mean that's that's actually a surprising take and like not surprising from you because you've always had this so far in this conversation this positive through line but i think people are afraid of change people are like things the way they like them but like you know oftentimes when things have changed in my life where I've initially perceived it as a negative change, it's it's actually worked out better. A lot of the stuff that I thought unpleasant in the beginning ended up opening the door to something that I didn't even know I wanted for myself. So I, I try to keep an open mind.
1: I, I love that word, open mind. I think what what we lack is one people that have an open mind and two it's what it stems from i'm always as an engineer uh, by degree and at heart i'm always looking for root cause and the root cause of an open mind is just misunderstanding miscommunication and lack of diversity and diversity of thought diversity of ideas diversity of experiences and one of the things i think that i did at a younger age that when i have kids i'm gonna do with them is to bring bring them the joy of learning from diverse experiences. And what I mean by that is traveling to different cities, traveling to different neighborhoods, uh, getting involved in the community, and seeing that not everybody's granted the same um, life that they might have been granted. We can't choose who our parents are, what neighborhood we were born into, uh, but we can, we definitely can choose beyond that. And I think the lack of open ni- mindedness and the lack of willingness to change is we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of people don't want to know more than they already do. And they think they know it all. And I just, I'm obsessed with, talk, with talking with people like yourself and um, learning where my ideas and my thoughts are flawed and how do I improve them? And how do we get other people willing to kind of be vulnerable and say, you know what? This is what I think. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong, but this is how I think and how I feel. And I'm open to discussion of maybe changing my mind. And I think that's not yeah. something that's openly advocated for in schools, educational system. And that's why I love the whole quit your job fair. I mean, you have how many people going into their jobs every day and, and hating their life, but they're not telling anybody. Like literally if you took a whole corporation, I would, I would say upwards of 75% of those corporate bigger corporations, 75% of those people don't want to be there. They're there just to pay their bills or pay for food or, or like that is, that is so depressing to me it's why sad. why can't and the corporation open discussion
0: and people think you're supposed to hate your job this is something that is like almost innate in a lot of people when i first told my dad i want to be an entrepreneur and my parents are are immigrants so they they came here from haiti and i told them i want to love what i do and he sort of you know scoffed at me he was just like love what you do like no one loves what they do you just you got to pay bills you know like you go to work and no one likes work and the idea of just so many people looking like dreading Mondays when I look forward to Monday. I can't wait to to read emails and to, to communicate, try the next thing, see how this event went, um, building uh, new partnerships, finding ways to connect dots that haven't been connected before. is all exciting to me. And then to see the opposite, to have friends who dread waking up and you know it it spreads it's almost it sucks because i don't feel always comfortable sharing how enthused i am about going to work because they hate their jobs so you kind of have to you know somehow like you know dim that that light i guess or sort of withhold excitement because you don't want to come off as uh i don't say arrogant but just insensitive to what everyone else is dealing with.
1: I love the thought that you brought up in the topic of like your parents, because that's something that I experienced in my own life as well. Like I watched my dad work 30 years um, as an engineer and just sacrifice a lot driving places he didn't want to drive and taking jobs he didn't want to take. There's, it's a two pronged, I, I empathize because Of the situation they did do that and they also i also empathize because they didn't have the internet going Mm -hmm. back to we don't know what we don't know it was way harder to see what was out there but i also don't because just like you said you knew you were an entrepreneur like you didn't know what an entrepreneur was i was the same way i was already doing entrepreneurial things mowing lawns and shoveling snow and babysitting i knew i couldn't work for other people Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where we do just need people that are in that space. Like you need people that are okay with showing up to their job, doing their job, and then they do whatever they do outside of their job. That's just mm-hmm. not me. And that's where mm-hmm. I find conflict is where I don't tell you that you shouldn't be an employee. Yeah. Like that's not the lingo that I try and promote on anything that I do. I just promote. If you want more out of your life, entrepreneurship can do that for you. That's it. Yeah. If, if you like, separating your job and the things that you do and you don't want to be on social media and you don't want to promote yourself like my brother, like that's, he, he's cool. He, he likes his job. His, and like, we're, we're close, but we're very different. He likes his yeah. job. He separates his job from his, uh, social life and loves it. Mm-hmm. Me. I couldn't, I couldn't be two different people. And I think that's what it comes down to. I have to be me at all times and I have to be the, the energetic, positive, I'm going to build things, whether you like it or not, get on the ship or wave goodbye, like type of yeah. person. And I couldn't, I had to put a suit on to go to my job in the corporate world and be a different person than I am. And that killed my soul. And that's really where- I Definitely sympathize. That's me. But yeah. some other people, they might enjoy that. They might be relieved that they just go in and that they just do their job and their needs are met they then can go relax on the couch and turn off. But I'm never off. I never was. I never will be. So I had to do what suits me. And that's where like, I think the conflict of generations comes from is they didn't necessarily have the internet to make themselves that way. Like My dad, when I talk about reflecting and appreciating where I came from, went from where he was in Northeast Philly, where he grew up to the experience that he gave me was 10x better. So I can't compare, but I also want to do 10 X better than what I had. So I can't compare going back for him. And that's where for him, for him, he's retired. Now I, I just try to project on like, Hey, like, why not try some of your ideas now? Like you couldn't when we were younger and that kind of like communication has opened up a better relationships in regards to what I do, because now he's like, oh, maybe I can start this RV blog because they like to travel or this renting my RV out business. And when he calls me about it, I then kind of like consult with him and he now understands more of what I do versus, oh, CJ's just off doing whatever he wants to do again. Like that's how it used to be. Oh, he's just going to quit and do whatever he wants to do versus it started with my communication. Hey, instead of go do this or this is what you should do, it's. Hey, I I think you can do this. I see this in you. Have you thought about this and switching my lingo a little bit and then it changes. Um so I sorry to go off on a tangent, but I think no, no, a lot I of it, it stems from d- the c- 2021 is not comparable to their time frame and vice versa and that's where um if we can merge the communication, um they can be a- more understanding of our situation and i can be more understanding of the decisions that everyone above me has made up to this point because before i was a little bit um over, what is the word um aggressive towards like why did you like why couldn't we have done this or why didn't you make these decisions because i just didn't know like there it's just the world is so different now and i'm b- way more into understanding that there's always two sides to a coin
0: As entrepreneurship to me. And it's crazy because it, we have so much in common and to go back to the, to the, um, thing we discussed in terms of positivity. If we focused as just people on the things we had in common, I feel like it'd be easier to celebrate our differences. But, um, my dad, he made a lot of sacrifices because, you know, he had a kid and yeah. you're right, he didn't have the internet, there weren't a lot of options, so he had to just buckle down and and work. That's what he knew, locking in and like, you know, just just um, nose to the grindstone, just working And you know, from nothing, you know, coming to this country with $0 to being a homeowner and having uh, several cars, being able to afford to give your kids everything and so on and so forth. In his mind, that's that's what you do, that's the American dream. He feels like he's achieved that, but to me, There's a, there's a silent, uh, there's a silent uh, letter, I guess, in the American dream or a silent word for me, which is like fulfillment, right? Are you fulfilled in doing what you're doing? If you love your job, do that. If you're into, if I have friends who run nonprofits and they don't make a lot of money, but they love what they do. They, they can't wait to get up in the morning. They're fulfilled. My dad um, always wanted to go back and give back. So um, I helped him with his nonprofit and that's fulfilling to him in retiring and be able to go back and and provide and help his people out and just being the change he wants to see versus, I guess, just complaining and feeling helpless. So that, that was also the through line in um, the the whole quit your day job thing. I think the initial reaction to to it was people just thinking I was dumping on nine to fives and I wasn't. It was just like, if you're unhappy, you know, quit, just walk away from it. Like figure out how to get out of there and get to a place where you do feel appreciated. And that might mean leaving a job and becoming an entrepreneur, leaving a job to go to another job where they pay you where they you feel like you're worth and they they hear you out or they respect your ideas or just respect you as a human being.
1: Are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. Yeah. So what, I mean, if you just looked at the history of how our world changed, you have people that are a hundred years old right now, right? And they lived through real world wars and they're still here. And imagine the difference in living on dirt during that time. And literally like you have like, the food, just from the food standpoint, Maslow's heart gave needs, yeah. how you got your food then versus now, how you communicated with people then versus now, how you traveled then versus now, that's one lifetime. Yet we almost forget like that. And I, I mean, I'm, I am just as bad at this. Like five years ago, there was like... I don't need, when did StreamYard come? We're we're recording on StreamYard. When when did we have the ability for high quality video and audio? And we just forget. And that's where we make assumptions on, if I was in that time, I would have done this. Or if I was that person, I would have done that. And we hold grudges rather than being open to, like, I actually don't know the choices I would have made in that time. I only know that this is what the constraints are right now. And again, that communication has also helped with my family and people is just like, look, here are my constraints. They have nothing to do with you. So you have to drop your preconceived notions on anything. My constraints are this, what would you do if you're me, if your constraints were X? And that's where the quit your day job thing is. Most people are thinking that everyone needs to quit their day job. Like Again, like you're harping on that, but the constraint is Are you happy or not happy at your job? Yes or no. No. If you're not happy, come talk to us at this fair. Yeah. That's it.
0: I expect to see you there, man.
1: Oh, this is when you, I feel like that's an idea that I would have made. Like I already was gearing up to do uh, a side hustle type of school uh, next year where, so I'll be the first person to admit when I first got into entrepreneurship, when I quit my job, I was like, everyone needs to do this. Like, this is amazing. And just, like, put it on social media. My life is great, blah, blah, blah. But then I started realizing, like, it's just not for everybody because one of the main factors was I saw my wife, and when I would try to get her to do some of the things that I'm doing, it just, it stressed her out more than it actually made her happy. And I'm just like, if this doesn't make her happy, then what is the point, right? So I started kind of retracting and saying there's different paths for everybody. This is my path and is a path that could be for people like me. And Once I started communicating in that way, I started connecting with a lot more um, authentic, genuine, valuable people to the world because they also understood that their path is their path and not projecting views rather than welcoming views. And I used to project a view rather now it's welcoming like, hey, when I first quit my job, I didn't quit with zero dollars in the bank account. Like I was personal training 6 a.m. to 8 a.m and 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. while I had a day job, I saved up, I got my certs, and then I already had clients when I quit my day job. So I had my Maslow's my hierarchy of needs paid for when I first joined entrepreneurship. Did I want to be a personal trainer for more than a year or two? No. So during that, I literally jumped into a uh, startup hub. And while I was personal training to, to meet my bills and my needs, I was learning and connecting and Uh, being mentored by investors and learning the game and learning the rules of the game uh, so that I could be a better entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people out there, they'll pay a hundred grand for tuition, but then they'll scoff at this, quit your job fair, which kills me. Like why, why? Yeah.
0: I, I think people are uncomfortable with what they don't understand. And my parents didn't get it. Um, my parents didn't get it until I actually started to pay bills. You know what I mean? Because that's, the, that's the, the connect there for them. So when my dad and me will go out to eat and I start taking the check or like, oh, hey, like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, now I'm like helping out with their mortgage and I'm doing this. And like, you know, I got a new car and like little by little, they're kind of like, okay, so tell me more. Like, you're not going to where? like how is any of this happening so now they're more receptive because they're seeing results versus just operating from a standpoint where i'm just like hey i'm happier and they're sort of like that doesn't compute you know what i mean like how do you quantify that like i can see zeros in a bank account like that's a, a
1: connecting point for me like but happiness like how do you explain that to somebody it's funny because my, my, uh, my family started understanding more when I was like sending them free shit yeah. <laughs> it's from the brands I was working with because I'd have an influx of all this stuff and I'd, I'd bring it on family vacations and I'd mail it to them and they're like, oh, now I kind of understand like what you're yeah. up to and it's tangible things. Like we live in an intangible world now. Like nobody sees the amount of work I put in the DMs or stories or emails. Like nobody sees that. They only see face value so they see what you're doing with your life and they're like oh that's not they're not working they're not putting in work oh he's just working out right but they don't see what goes in behind the scenes nor do i care if they see it and that's where um one of the things and valuable lessons i think i can give to anybody on here that's thinking about jumping into this world is the moment that you stop caring what anybody thinks or sees or or tries to project on you is the moment that you're going to succeed at whatever you're trying to do Because every moment that you're worried about that is a moment that you're wasting, not working on whatever it is that you're trying to put out into the world. And that's something that I had to get over because, I mean, I'm an intellectual at heart. I love conversation. I love learning new things. I love reading books. I love writing. But nothing makes me feel like working out does. And working out has such a stipulation of, is that a job? Is that working? Is that doing whatever? Um, People would just be like, oh, you're just a personal trainer. And in my, I had to let my ego, instead of snapping back at them, just not even say anything. Just, I don't, I don't care what they think or they say or they, they want to believe um, about my life. I'm just going to keep going on um, and spreading that positive, that positive motivation and inspiration for other people that they hear it. The ones that need, like the, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Like that's the beauty of social media. And the beauty of podcasting is one out of 10 people will reach out and say, I heard you like, I'm that person right now. And I'm just, I'm thankful there's someone out there that's speaking up and sharing that there is a way, there is a way for me to be happy and fulfilled. And I love that word. That's my biggest takeaway right now. um, For what you've been talking about and laying down is, is fulfillment. And even in my own life, just, that's something I think I'm going to journal on, like because we're as as entrepreneurs, we get caught into things and we're moving so fast. It, you start doing things again that are not fulfilling, and then you have to reflect yeah. and be like, "What's re- fulfilling?" So when I walk away from this today, I'm definitely going to uh, take a little step back and and make sure that everything I'm doing is fulfilling. Awesome.
0: And I think uh, like in the long run, you you win. You you wear everyone out. It's so exhausting to be negative. Like, I remember when I was one of these people who was pestilent, it's, it's exhausting, it's draining. Being positive and just believing in the best and letting stuff roll off your back is just so freeing. You feel light. You're not really carrying all this baggage with you. So eventually, I think people just get tired of it. You know what I mean? I get tired of, of hating and not liking and feeling negative and criticism and all this other stuff. And I just want to be as happy as that guy. This guy's positive. You know what I mean? I I could call it cliché, I could call it what I want, but this guy genuinely looks like he has it figured out and I clearly don't.
1: You bring some heat, bro. I love this. It's uh it reminds me of in my life I mean, you're from Jersey so you understand it. Yeah. Um again, it's it comes from what we've seen in our environment. If you, if all you see is negativity and, and and it's little things, that's the thing. I want to be very clear. It's not, it's not, it's not like people wake up and they're like, I fucking hate my life. It's they wake up. And from the moment they wake up, it's like, I gotta go do this. Or a, a great example is someone noticed one of my friends noticed in Austin here that the littlest thing, she was like, Someone asked me what I was doing later that day or that night. And they oh they they really seemed happy to ask me that question. Like they really wanted to hang out with me. That felt so good. She's she's really from the northeast as well and has lived in a couple of different places. And she was like, it was something I didn't notice until I came here for this week to stay here that I was missing. This community of people that actually Care and are actually generally looking to be fulfilled in their life so that they're happy around other people. And until I left, I didn't know you you don't know what you're missing out on. And uh, to backtrack on my story for those that want to look into it, like I worked at UBS Wealth Management, a bank, uh, right out of college, and I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I have emails that I was sending to my wife, who wasn't even my girlfriend at the time, we just had grown up together, saying that, oh, like. I got this job offer, but I think they're gonna send me to to Nashville. Ah, like, that's mm-hmm. not really where I want to go. Blah blah blah. Her advice back in the, the next email thread, and this is going back to 2014. It's now 2021. Much, uh, much wiser now from a lot of trials and tribulations and failures. Right. Um, but then she was like, "Well, why don't you try? You don't know. You don't know what it's like." She had moved from New York. Uh, she had moved to New Jer- from New Jersey to Houston, and mm-hmm. I started thinking, you know what, like let's see. I'm going to reach out to my company and say, Hey, will you just pay for my flight for me to go check this out? I don't want to sign a contract in a city I've never been to. And I went there and I had a blast from the moment I landed in the Uber. The Uber driver was nicer than any Uber I had ever been in, in the Northeast. And I was like, I could be whoever I want to be here. That was the number one thing. I was like, I don't have to abide by anybody's rules. I can come here with a fresh, clean start and just be the real me. And that was the most freeing, fulfilling thing that I think I could have done. I think I was 23 at that age, 23, 24. Um, But that's, that's something I want to tell that story because at first I, it's directed directly relates to, I was negative. I got a job offer. I'd worked so hard through college to get a degree, to get a job offer. And just because it was in a city, I didn't know or understand. I didn't like it. That's, that's, insane to me now, the way that I look at things, instead of looking at it as an opportunity, I looked at it as as a risk. And now what I try to do is look at everything as an opportunity, no matter what it looks like, no matter how hard it is, how is this an opportunity in my life? And that's something I wish I, like, I'm really big in the education reform and teaching teens and, and kids to shift the mindset of everything that happens to you Is not happening to you it's happening for you to become an opportunity later on down your life that you don't know anything about because that conversation with that email led me to marrying the love of my life and i didn't even know it at the time and she was inspiring me to take that leap and that leap eventually led me to taking the leap into entrepreneurship which eventually led me seven years later to this conversation with somebody that I'm, I'm very much enjoying this time that I'm spending. And it's, it's timelessness that I'm after where I'm so present. And I don't even know, I don't know what time it is right now, other than we're 48 minutes in. Um, I, I've forgotten about what I have to do the rest of the day. I'm so here now and fulfilled, but it yeah. took reflecting on that. I was negative. I used to be negative. I used to have just intrinsic habitual negativity built into me and it was smaller than what most people think it was the way i responded to an email that was it mm-hmm. it wasn't i didn't wake up and hate my life and and yeah. no one was afraid that i was going to do anything very rash or or end up in jail or anything like that i was just doing little habits that were negative and when you when you can pick up on those you can change your life forever for the better and that's why i think that a lot of people are negative because it's not easy to spot or easy to see. It's just what they've been taught in their environment over decades of time.
0: I'm, I'm loving this conversation too, because like, just listening to what you're saying, I'm, I'm sort of looking back on my own behavior. I don't know if it's because I'm from the Northeast too, but um, when I first started traveling, anyone that was nice to me, I was immediately suspicious of. It was just like, why are you being so nice? Like, why are you talking to me? We're, we're absolute strangers. If you're, um, I had some partners come up, uh, from down South for a a while ago. We had, a um, this deal we were working out. I flew them up to New York. They wanted to sightsee and hang out. And they were like, yeah, man, like no one really greets you out here. Like everyone's just kind of locked in. Everyone's going where they want to go and everything. And I explained to them, well, you know, New York, so, so many people, you don't really have any physical space. So the only way to create space, I guess, is just mentally block everybody out. But at the same time, we're not really tuned into our fellow man. No one really knows what's going on with the people around them. Everyone just sort of takes everything personal. Um, if someone might, in passing, be what some people might uh, perceive as rude to me, I'm trying my best now to... Assume, hey, you're going through something right now and it's not about me versus before when I'm like, what's this guy's problem? man? This guy's an asshole or whatever, like, you know, wherever I I went before. Thinking about those small changes, um, it reminds me of when I was like studying, you know, trajectory. Right. And like that one, like that quarter of an inch change you might make completely in the long run. Like, you know, in the short term, you may not really see the difference, but in the long run, it, it's miles and miles away from where you would have started from. So I think if people started to have that that mindset of, hey, let me make this small change, let me believe that, you know, give this person the benefit of the doubt. It it might slowly sort of shift everybody back to a place where, like, you know, hey, we can disagree with each other, but from like a more empathetical standpoint?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it comes from like, again, going back to the the not expecting. I think what we expect something when we're kind to people rather than just being kind. And we expect something from people when we give them the benefit of the doubt. That's what we're naturally taught, which is a human instinct. Like we have Like, we have things in us, hormones, like we have, yeah, yeah, that that drive us to become what we've become. And we have to eat and we have to procreate, like to keep the world going. Like, there's just things that are bigger than us. Um, But we also have the ability, we have a brain that can analyze, okay, like we can kind of manipulate these feelings that we're having and control them and be disciplined, disciplined enough. And for me, I think a lot of people, digging further into what you're even saying is they struggle to be like okay I'm going to let go of my ego and I'm going to I'm going to trust this person but they didn't go further than okay if I tr- I'm going to trust this person and if something goes wrong and they break my trust am I going to be hurt by it am I is like they don't go down that thread so what they do is they trust, they want to feel good about themselves, they feed their ego. I feel good about myself because I, I give them trust, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt, then they get hurt and then they become negative. So that's mm-hmm. how the world I think started. Is this like you had these you had people who broke each other's trust, and then it just creates this ripple effect where everyone then is like holding their heart so tight that they don't want to just believe in people to believe in people. And if you break my if you break my trust instead of saying, you know what, that's my fault. I'm still going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you might just not be in a point in your life where you understand how much trust and what you're doing means. You just don't understand. And that's okay because I was at a point where I didn't understand as well. Now, does that mean that I have to associate with that person? Does that mean that I have to go out on a limb for that person? Does that mean I have to do anything for that person out of the ordinary? No. Like, it could be cut off by then. But it's taking complete ownership over everything, and that's another thing that I strive to do. Again, on here, on this podcast, I'm preaching. Anybody that's listening, I struggle with these things. That's why I know how to talk about them because in my head, I'm always in my head like, okay, how can I just trust and believe and let go, let it go. Just let it go, CJ, and believe in the universe. And whatever this person does, it has no, no ifs, ands, or buts to what your life could become. It just is what it is. And you're better off believing than not believing. And I love this topic that you that you brought up because we're talking about corporations and, and quitting your job fair and things like that. And one of the things that I think has created the toxic culture that we see in the unfulfillment is nobody is trusting enough of each other to truly be themselves. They can't walk into their job and be themselves because they don't trust that their job will accept them for who they are. And that just creates another, again, a ripple effect of unhappy, unfulfilled people. I think that really stems from trusting that they will be accepted. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to I'm going to shift now because um, we kept making awesome points and we veered off because I definitely wanted to touch on uh, Thrive, Thrive on Life. Right. Uh, That's your podcast. That's your brand. And what brought you to that from starting off with, I guess, um, physical fitness and everything and just getting to a point where you wanted to build a brand about thriving, which is a loaded word like um, I guess it's subjective in a lot of ways. What did it mean to you and how you how did you arrive there?
1: Um, I'm gonna keep this sh- a little bit shorter here because it is like a 10 minute story, but um, okay. just for the audience. So it wasn't it wasn't something that I just came up with when I was sleeping or just like randomly thought of. Um, it means a lot more than than I allude to, like I think in my con- daily content. Um, to summarize, uh, I'd mentioned my wife here before, but I've known her since I was ten years old, and we went to the same elementary school, went to the same middle school, high school, and then she went to a different college than I did. And when we were young, um, I mean, I loved her. I didn't know what love was, but I loved this girl um, with everything in my being, and I just didn't know. I, I it was a feeling, right? Um, we get into her dad. Again, it's a long-winded story, but it adds up. Her dad is the, she's the first girl I ever bought flowers for, and she was in sixth grade, and I was filming her uh, in the talent show because I, I was part of the news crew in sixth grade. And I have a picture of her and her dad. It was the first night that I met her father. Um, she's holding these white flowers, and I still remember the florist that I went to with my mom, um, I think 11 years old at the time. And fast forward to 2014, I believe, uh, 2013, 2014. Um, and unfortunately, her father passed away in a spin class on my mom's birthday, uh, June 5th. And my mom called me and she was like, we have some bad news, like Aaron's father died. And at that point, she was living in Houston and I was living um, in, outside of New York in Union City. And I was getting ready for a new job and I had training during his funeral. And I felt really bad that, quote unquote, I couldn't go to the training because I couldn't go to the funeral because of my training. This person that meant so much to me, I couldn't go because I was in fear of missing my job's training because I didn't know what the job would do to me. So going back to the trusting of the job to say, hey, this person really means a lot to me. I need I can't be here for this training. Like, does that mean you're going to let me go? Um, that those are the thoughts that were going through my head. So it's another reason that I was like, I have to be, I have to work for myself. I don't want, ever want to feel this feeling again. It had a purpose in my life though. Um, six months later, I wrote her an email saying like, Hey, I can't imagine what you're going through, um, to lose somebody that you love so much. Uh, I don't even want to imagine what it would be in my life, but I do know that, um, you're one of the people that, I love dearly on this earth. Then if there's anything I can do, let me know. And that started communication back and forth. And the cool thing is like we have these emails going back and forth in 2014, 2015. And eventually it led to, she started a, uh, a fitness Instagram account called air inspiration fitness. Her account is just air inspiration now. Yeah. Um, and I saw from afar, uh, she was an engineer i was an engineer as well and i saw her doing something she was passionate about and i could see the fulfillment through the screen i could feel it in the words that she was writing and i that moment said that's what i need in my life this is this is exactly what i need i i was the guy that would go to work go to happy hour for one or two drinks just to please the boss or the co-workers and then i would go to the gym and then i would fulfill myself and i would do it all over again the next day stay up late read books wake up early go out, party, do it all. I I wanted to do and do it all. But I saw her doing something that I could clearly see fulfilled her. And I, to be honest, wanted a taste. So I booked a, a flight and we reconnected. And again, this all has a point. She is the one that ultimately inspired me to do something more with my life. And it stemmed from... I've had my own illnesses in my life. My aunt, my dad's sister died at 40 of colon cancer. And uh, to, just to be brutally honest, I'm good at this now. I was shitting blood and, in my early 20s and, and really scared. And I didn't know what to do. Um, so I got a bunch of tests done and, and really looked at myself in the mirror and said, I got to change my own life and then I'm going to go change other people's lives. And I need to build a brand around that. And just to inspire people out there again to just get 80% done. It's better than perfect and not done. My first account was CM Fitness. That was the first account I made. And within two months, I was like, I can't make it this. This is too much about me. I need it to be about other people. I needed, I want to talk about other people thriving. I want um, I want to be fulfilled by helping other people be fulfilled with their life. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. Now the word thrive came from, we were like searching for words of like, what does it mean to be able to do well in any environment, adapt, be creative, want to seek discomfort. Um, And it really came down to, I don't like in any environment, I feel I can thrive. If you, if you, if you are picking a team for most things, you want me and that's, and you want me because I'm the guy that yeah. says I'm going to wake up and I want to be the guy that wants to be wanted on no matter what team I'm on, whether it has to be intellectual mm-hmm. a project, a podcast, I want you to want me. I want, I, I want to work so hard that I'm one of the first people picked and that's, I want to thrive in every situation. So thrive on life came because thrive.com is parked. I think it's, it's like, it literally just says like, not for sale um so now I was like okay thrive thrive what thrive thrive on life like I want to thrive on life I don't want to just survive and that's how it was coined and and we have a sticker right here um which is a heartbeat and then that's why I'm obsessed like I have tattoos I have the heart heartbeat tattoo and then the heartbeat here which the coin of my my existence now is um I just want to make every heartbeat count because time like that's that tattoo on my hand we think time of uh, I got time to like go make money, I got time to do this, I got time to do that, but the one thing that all humans have no matter your color, no matter your age, no matter how smart or not smart you are, no matter where you're at in your life is we have a finite amount of heartbeats. We don't know when they will end. And a lot of people if I think thought about when their heartbeat, when their last heartbeat was, and if they knew it was closer than they they really thought, they would be more intentional with their with their time and that stemmed from her father like had no idea he was walking into a spin class his last spin class ever and would never see anybody that he loved ever again and vice versa the people that loved him would never see him again and he was in really great shape so it really hit a, it hit her and then it made me reflect on man if i'm if i got to find amount of heartbeats i better be fulfilled each and every day cuz it's gonna it could be there's gonna be a day where i wake up it's the last one and mm. and Again, sorry for the long-winded, but that's... No, that's awesome. To I mean, you actually changed my plans for today because
0: I had all this work planned and, like, I'm I'm a hard worker, man. I I, I want to go. I want to lock in. Um, I have several businesses, so I'm constantly moving. And it's ironic because you, you get into entrepreneurship for a certain amount of freedom and then you pile on as much as possible and you weigh yourself down so you can't move. So... Yeah, I might just you know
1: cancel the rest of my day and go hang out with my kids or something. You know, I would love if you did that because right after this, I'm my friends in town from Nashville, and I'm gonna go kick it with him and and a few of my other friends. Um, And I've I've been doing a much better job at doing that. And again, I kind of build things into my life that remind me of that. And the heart, I I literally had to tattoo them on me because I had the stickers prior, but I got these tattoos in the past like two or three years Mm -hmm. and. Um, that's what really is a reminder. Every time I look at my hand, it's, it's -hmm. bigger than me. Like it's bigger than whatever idea I have. Ideas are cool. Businesses are cool, but I'll never get this time back, man. This conversation really impacted me. And I, and it's something that Mm -hmm. it's a reason that I got into podcasting in in the first place.
0: I mean, um, Thought Hack is the, the second iteration of another podcast I had. And, um, I had a podcast with a very close friend of mine, which, at the end he felt uncomfortable releasing because he got so personal and he kind of opened up about a lot of stuff but um at the end of that podcast i felt my point of view on a lot of how i look at or perceive life had changed the way i i interact with my kids for one was was radically was radically different and i was just like how crazy is it that one conversation could change my behavior so radically? I went home and immediately made these small incremental changes. One of the things we discussed was pretty much how um when I grew up, my dad separated his um his work life from his home life, so him compartmentalizing how he interacted with us sort of imprinted on me, so I, that's the way I react to my kids. My kids have no idea what I do, you know, they've, they haven't been in my studio, they haven't been to anything I have going on. And uh, the friend of mine's dad was a firefighter and he would take his son out on rides and they would go watch fires together like late night. And um, he was really, I guess, hands-on and involved with what his dad did. So he, he runs a startup now, so he'll read his emails with his, his daughter. So she'll read his emails to him and she'll sit in on some of his meetings and he's involving her the same way his dad involved him. And he's saying it it not only makes them closer but it creates like an understanding between them. And I was like, dude, I didn't even realize I was compartmentalizing my life this way. Like separating my kids from what I did and I immediately made changes. Uh, The very next day I took the kids up to the studio I explained to them what I did. Um, we had conversations about it. We started talking about um, investing. My daughter, who, um, because I have four four daughters, and uh, one of them, surprisingly enough, said to me, I always didn't know what I wanted to do until like just now. I want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what it was called, but I just always didn't feel like I fit into the doctor, lawyer, or whatever mold it was. And I was just like, it was very powerful to make that immediate change off of just a conversation. So I wanted to have more of them. So doing this podcast is just an excuse to talk to interesting people and just learn about myself and other people.
1: Thank you for sharing that and and one idea I have for you um and I've done this with uh, one of my business partners brings his his kid to work it's a it's a health lounge his son sees us podcasting and he'll be like CJ CJ like come podcast with me and we don't like turn it on I mean he's real young uh but he puts the headset on he'll be like I have a headset right here so I'll be, he'll, he'll he'll like put it on it's like his head is probably like this big and we'll pretend like we're podcasting and it was honestly one of the most like I remember that vividly. Cause I was like, this is what I want to do with my kids. So if, if you have kids yeah. like bring them into this arena as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one, it, it's idea I had, cause in the future, like I, I'm going to podcast with my kids and and teach them yeah, maybe and gonna they're going to teach all. me things, yeah. honestly, that's what it'll come down to. So um, I love that story. And, and you just reminded me, like my wife and I are hopefully going to be blessed with little ones in the future. And uh, I look forward to the day of, of, learning from your lesson and, and introducing them into what it is I do and why I do it uh, from the get-go.
0: That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. Well, um, I, I guess I'm going to wrap up now. I, I definitely want to do this again really soon in person, matter of fact. Um, I'm I'm planning a trip out to Houston, so hopefully we could figure something out, but I would love to do this in person, and I'll definitely be in touch about the Quit Your Job Fair because I, I'm really trying to bring in as many people as possible and hopefully we can turn this into a thing where, you know, we can, we can help people, people who may not even know that they want the help. So I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's a, there's a bunch of people that I um, am really good friends with that would, that would love that idea. I I can't wait to tell people about that. And if if you need any help logistically or anything like that, let me know. And yeah, Houston, I can either drive in or, or it's a quick flight. Um, would love to meet you there or have you up here in Austin and have you on my show. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll I'm very excited. Um, and just, again, I appreciate your time. It's been an honor and, uh, looking forward to everything it's that you really
0: appreciate it. All right. You have a good one, man. I'm kind of waiting for my production guy to come in now and it's <laughs> all good. because I have
1: no idea how
0: any of this stuff works.
1: It's all good. Yeah. But I mean we could I could chat with you for a minute though, right? They'll just cut kind it. Of, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Dude, thank you. This is a blast. Um, thank love you your know. ideas and, and love what you're up to. And if there's the thing I ask everybody, is, if there's any way I can I can support now, um, mm-hmm. just let me know.
0: I mean, I really appreciate it. Um, the one thing and I spoke to Todd about this was um if you could email me uh, an address where I could send mm. a gift box, I'll include one of the hoodies, but um like uh our sponsor Catalyst is just wants to basically send you some stuff and um we could exchange like I re- I already have your email we can just basically like just share ideas and um sort of figure out logistically I didn't want to initially do it in Jersey I was hoping to do it um in a more open environment uh I'm working on uh another concept uh, for, uh, a festival. Um, my background's in tech. So, um, years ago, um, it just kind of came to me randomly because I love food. I'm like this foodie. And, um, I came up with the concept of a brand called Technic basket. So it would be like, um, blending food and tech and entertainment and entrepreneurship and all this crazy stuff in like one big festival. And uh trying to figure out where to do that, maybe even a place like Texas, because of have how, you been to South by?
1: Yeah. It yeah. that's
0: pretty much the exact yeah.
1: That was the idea. Yeah. yeah. I kinda I just wanted to ask that because you can get some ideas from that.
0: Yeah. No, it's such an awesome event. Um I like the, the idea of making it still feel intimate i i I haven't really figured out all the logistics yet but i do know i'm i want to do it in a place where it could be outdoors and i know there's like a big entrepreneurial community and we could sort of have people hosted there where it's not too people up north are still kind of skittish i would i would look at two places
1: texas yeah. or florida miami's yeah. popping right now apparently um, it's, it's nuts down there you would never think there was a pandemic man yeah and like a bunch of people are moving there in the startup and crypto space. Yeah. Um, so I might actually be flying in there soon. But um, yeah, I would look at Houston has a good, uh, you're talking food. Like yeah. that would be a good spot too. It's very diverse there too. Uh, yeah. Big, big uh, airport hubs, two of them, south, Southwest and then uh, Bush. So I'm always like, I'm I'm a high level guy where it's just like, if you're, if you're planning something, people are going to be flying in. It's cheaper than Austin would be. Um, not as much fun outside of that festival, obviously, if you're, whatever you're hosting. Um, but I would definitely be looking in Texas or or Florida. That would be my number one.
0: I'll I'll definitely do that.
1: Yeah. But I'll, I gotta get running. I have another meeting. Um, but I will think on that. And I just emailed you the address. Um, and in the meantime, let me know when this drops so that I can have my team put together some content and, and give you all a shout. Um, and yeah, just look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man.
0: You have a good one. Enjoy your friends, man.
1: Thanks, Reg. And I better hear from you that you went and hung I, out with I your kids today. I here, and I get with my production guy. I'm going straight home, man. Heck yeah. All right. All right, All right brother. All I'll talk right. to you soon.